and I. We need to divert auxiliary power to the rear deflector shield. We definitely do. Since when do you know how to fly? 190 years old? You look great. Zoe, get in. I'll help Lando. Man, we are tonight's entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This. <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 95 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Araj Shahi, and my pilots on this Millennium Falcon adventure, the young, the restless, the one that looks like Chewie a little bit with his chest hair, Carlos <laughs> Borgoya. <laughs> the man who would wear a cape, but his shoulders are so big, he can't wear a cape. And I would call him Lando, but he can't be Lando because he doesn't wear a cape. Less is... More? Gonzalez. There we go. <laughs> the man we call the hair. The dude that has been my mentor who told me never to trust anybody because they'll always turn on you. Has a little bit more hair than Beckett. That is Eric Struthers. What's up, man? How you doing, buddy? I'm great, dude. I'm great. I'm great, too, because this week we have the perfect person to come on here and break down the solo film the trifecta of human beings. And the reason I say trifecta is because he loves hockey, he loves baseball, and he loves Star Wars. You can't get better than that. Thank God he's not a girl. Lorena would be a little bit worried. He's the head writer and the podcast host for the Star Wars Underworld. Now we can officially call him a friend because we've hung out with him and drank beers with him. At least I did. On multiple occasions, Mr. Dominic Jones. How are you, buddy? Hey guys, thanks for having me back. I was gonna make a joke about how you've got you've got Erica's Beckett, you've got you've got Lando, you've got Chewie. I'm assuming you're Han, and that would make me Kira, I assume. No. But then you started saying that stuff about your wife being concerned, and then the joke started to feel a little bit weird. So I, I don't know if I should still make the joke. Or not. Yeah, I'm not claiming Han, dude. You a little Han bit on weird. This adventure. You give me Han. I guess I'll be L three. All right, I'll be L three. I don't know. I, I heard I heard your impressions on uh. Making Star Wars, ah, I think, oh, kind of have yeah. to be on. Oh, yeah, You're you know, hyper. well, yeah, I, I, maybe I'll dive into that a little bit later. I've been working on other stuff, too, now. Oh, yeah. no. Here we go. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've had a lot of time <laughs> on my hands, but 
especially in traffic. But uh, thanks for coming on, buddy. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't only done one podcast about solo so far as my own. So it's nice to nice to, to talk about some more with some different people. Oh, we can't wait. We can't wait. And and people, this is going to be a very spoilery podcast. So if you haven't seen solo, first of all, how dare you? Second of all, if you haven't seen it, then I guess you're not going to want to listen to any of this podcast because we're going to pretty much basically do all solo. We're going to do a ton of solo stuff and we're going to get into it. But uh, let me give the shenanigans out real quick. We are proud members of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Podcasts that include now This Is Podcasting, which I was on and, and a bunch of people were on and they had an after party and we're going to talk about that in a second. It was, it was a fun time. It was like a five-hour episode that got cut down to two hours. <laughs> so uh, I think there were some technical difficulties and stuff like that. So Randy had to edit it down, but it's a great listen. So if you have a chance, go and download it and listen to it. Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, First Order Transmissions, Idiot's Ray, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Podcast 287, The Cargo Hold, and Fingered with Randy and Jason. Catch us on Twitter at the Sithless Boot. At the Sith list, boo. Crunch, crunch. At less is more 78. <laughs> Eric. At Eric Strothers. And Dom, what's your Twitter handle so people can follow you? Dominic J25. Nice. We're on Instagram, the Sith list, Facebook, the Sith list, of course. Email us at the Sith list at gmail.com. And we have a hotline. That's 707 65 Geek One. That's 707 654 3351. And please leave some iTunes reviews. They're really important. And that's the shenanigans for the week. Now, it was a crazy week. Let me just throw that out there. Our friend, our friends from Alabama came down here. Hawes Burkhart, Will Wheaton, and Hawes' better half, Jesse. They came down from Alabama. We had a dinner party over here. We went to Frankenstein's. It was a big collectibles place. We had a great time with them. The next day, we got to go. And watch Solo with the MSW family, including those guys, and then go podcast. And then I was off to Napa. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the Sith list went to Steel's event. And Mr. Struthers came down. Eric, what was your, uh, how was your time here, man? It was fantastic. And the people are great. The weather was fantastic. I'm back home and it is balls hot up in here. Balls so uh, nice. it was a great trip, man. I was super glad I got to go. Yeah, I saw pictures. I was very jealous. I saw pictures of uh, pretty much the whole entire Sith list, except for me. Yeah. Reunited, and I, I didn't appreciate that. Yeah. So how dare you? <laughs> but, it actually worked out, man. That was almost scripted. Dude. Yeah, it was. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, I heard Les walked up, met you for the first time, right? Walking the streets of Hollywood? Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. So slightly surreal. <laughs> it walking, was, man. Walking it down was. the street, I'm like, oh. Oh, there's Eric and Boo. All right. <laughs> Don't even have to track them down. There they are. Let's do this. There we are. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. And uh, how was your, Dom, how was your experience watching Solo? You got to, did you get to watch it before everybody else did? I, I saw it a day early. Yeah, I saw it. I, I went to the um, Canadian premiere, which is not at all glamorous. It was just basically a screening. Uh, at a theater in Toronto, uh, timing worked out that I was able to take my uh, co-host from Star Wars Underworld, Ben Hart, oh, with yeah. no E, uh, with me to <laughs> the uh, to the screening, and and so we got to see it a day early and and uh, hold it over Chris and and some of our other friends who were also uh, up here in Toronto. I, this was the first uh, Star Wars movie of the modern era where I didn't travel to go and see it. I made everybody come to see me. Good for you. Uh, which 
which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, we got to see it a day early and, and kind of, you know, hold the fact that we knew that Darth Maul was in the movie over, uh, over everybody else for, for oh, about 20 Oh, yeah. That was, that was quite fun. That was very enjoyable. That's, uh, yeah, that is, that's, you know, I, Jason got to see it dur- during the Hollywood premiere. So did a bunch of people that we know, Steel and all of them. We went and saw it again with them. So they're, they're holding it all in. So well, right, we're going to talk about that in a second, but holy crap. That was when crazy. we, when we saw it on like the, the second time on opening night, Ben and I were sitting next to Chris. And when that moment came, we both just sort of turned and watched him watch the scene. <laughs> like we have to see <laughs> how people react to this. Because we had both gotten spoiled ahead of time, but we knew he hadn't. So we were kind of like, how's this, how's this going to go? How's this going to work out? And pretty exciting. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And we, we had a crazy experience too, because we went with a big old group of mm-hmm. 30 people and we went to dinner first and then we went to the movie and I, I, Haas was sitting behind me and every time there was an Easter egg or a reference, you hear him go, oh, ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> when he did that, I knew something was going on. Even if I didn't know the reference, I was like, okay, something just happened. Something just fucking happened. So that was very cool. What What was the most obscure one that he reacted to where he was like the only person? It was the uh, the PlayStation game. The, oh, the, the Terrascossi? Uh, ter- yeah. Terrascossi or whatever. I yeah. took a gasp because I think we had talked about it at the dinner party. I brought up did, yeah. that video game. I'm like, does anybody oh, remember yes, that yes, game? Yes, yes. And then she's like, Terrascossi, I was taught. And I was like, well, I love and we're gonna have a whole little section of all the little crazy references at least the ones that that i looked up and found because mm-hmm. i didn't there's a lot of stuff that i didn't realize while i was watching i've only seen it once so far i'm definitely gonna go see it at least three times how many times have you seen it so far dom six. Oh, damn <laughs> that is great that is great good 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 eric how about you two okay all right, and we all seen it only once, right? Yes, but I was gone on vacation, so I have an excuse. <laughs> yeah, so, I did. Ah, that's not an excuse. I, had, I mean, it was either Bruno Mars. Seen, where were you? Where were you? You could have seen it in a foreign language. <laughs> I was no, 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 no. I was in Napa, and I was at a music uh, festival, so it was it was really hard for me to. I did want to break seen, off. But. You could have seen the musical version. There's there's a version <laughs> out there where Han busts so, into song. Is the Star Wars? Star Wars La La Land. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's why they fired those two guys. This isn't yeah. a musical. Oh, thing. is that why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy saw the dailies and she's just like, what the fuck is this? Who, <laughs> yeah. who approved the song? <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. There was a scene like that. Trust me. Trust me. Yeah. The, the one like song, there is actually a song in the movie. I just realized that when they go into Dryden and Voss's uh, lair there, I love they, oh, it's on the right. soundtrack. And that's my favorite track from the soundtrack is just that one. It's called Chicken in the Pot. And it's just this weird, like, it, it's so nice to have something that's so different from the Cantina theme, theme be the, like, source music in the movie. So I, I really, really enjoyed that. It was really cool. And the mm-hmm. dude inside that little, whatever the fuck that thing was. The yacht. Yeah. It was like a Nina Simone yeah. song, it felt like. It was a very yeah, but the, the backup singer or whatever, the the accompaniment was like in a yeah. capsule or that's some kind of, like, about. cryo. Yeah, yeah like, like a floating head. Head. Just liquid cylinder. It was crazy. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is what are you singing it first? That's how we're doing, right? <laughs> we're that is, no, you're right. <laughs> Out of all things you remember in the movie, is that? No, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this movie has. Uh, what are the totals? Uh, what are we at right now? Is it 110 million? 115 million? I, I thought it was like 105, 105 million. I think. 
this has become a internet Twitter. Oh. Let's just talk shit and let's say how this movie was a disaster because it didn't make the 150 that Deadpool 2 made or, or whatever it is. A lot of things come up on the internet called Star Wars fatigue. Are they doing too much, too soon? So I want to get your take. Dom, I want to go with you first. What do you think about this? I think, there's fati- I think there's fatigue, but I don't think it's Star Wars fatigue yet. I think it's just uh, fatigue of blockbusters in general because you know we just had Infinity War. We've got Deadpool is still in theaters. It's just in its, you know, I guess it's going into its third week now. Right. Or no, it's going into its second week. And and then you've got Solo on top of that. So if you look at the box office totals for that four-day weekend, your Memorial Day, uh, for Deadpool and Infinity War, they together they make about $75 million. And if you just throw out $25 million of that, just forget about it. You assume, assume those people just didn't go to the movies. And you take $50 million of that as the people who were just going to go to the movies and see whatever the big thing was, and you attach it to Solo – it's about where it was supposed to be. So I think I think it's not it's not the movie is bad. It's not the reviews are bad. It's not anything to do with Last Jedi, not in any sort of big, meaningful way. At least I think Disney fucked this one up by putting it where they did. They should have put it in December, just like the other ones, or they should have cleared the slate a little bit more. Hell, put it in July. Don't right. put it three weeks after your other big tentpole tentpole uh, movie and don't put it after uh, a week after the other studio's big tentpole movie. So I, I, that's that's where I see the, the problem being. And I think when we hit episode nine, we'll have had an 18-month break. Uh, lots of time for everybody to get excited again. It'll probably be just about the only thing in December. And it will, it will kill know, it. We'll be, back, we'll be back over a billion bucks uh, at the box office again in 2019. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that one. I don't think it's Star Wars fatigue as much as what you said. They sandwiched it between two blockbusters. People are still going to see Deadpool. And they'll see yeah, so, I, some I, people I, that aren't Star Wars fans will see Deadpool first, you know, because yeah. it was such a funny movie and a fun movie. And then they'll catch up and, and mm-hmm. watch Solo. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I haven't seen Deadpool yet because right. I care more about Star Wars. But uh, that you know, there's other people who they saw Deadpool was the next thing, and they went out to see that first, and so they didn't get they haven't gotten around to Star Wars yet, and they might not get around to Star Wars. So, so does that leave a lot of people with egg on their face in some terms? Because didn't we say something about Liefeld talking well, crap? Liefeld talk crap. The director, I had something to say about it today. I didn't read what he said, but he said something about making more money than Solo did on opening weekend. The director of Deadpool 2. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with, with Dom. Uh, and we still got other shit coming down the, the coming through the shoot. We yep. still got Jurassic World coming. Uh, uh-huh. Ant-Man and Wasp. It's, yeah, it's, this year is jam-packed. So Boy, I was listening to our podcast the, a couple of weeks ago. Boy, were we wrong. We were predicting 170. Mm-hmm. And we're like, how dare Deadpool think that they can make more That's money? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that at least leaves us yeah. with egg on our face mm-hmm. in, a, in a way. Yeah. But That's it, how Eric got his eye infection. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Come but, on, man. Well, Eric's better than Jizz, dude. I was going to say Jizz. Though, man. You just you went, his business all Yoke. out there. Damn. I was going to say Jizz. By the way, listeners, Eric has a really tough eye infection. Both eyes are infections. Infected. Yeah, infections. Eric, how'd you get those eye infections? Oh no! I don't know, man. Holy crap! What happened? You got pink eye. Giving each other butterfly kisses or something? Ha ha ha! Very funny. That's not how you get pink eye. You get it from 
poo particles making their way into your ocular cavities. I don't know. <laughs> I can take hack at it. Oh, oh. here, this ought to be great. Or a stab. Let's at hear it. it. A hack or a stab. <laughs> I can yeah. take a stab at it. I think he got really excited at that. Fa- uh, no, I'm going to cut it off. Yeah. I'm going to cut it off. I'm going to cut it off. Let's, let's get back <laughs> to Star Wars because Dom's here. Let's, I want to focus. I want to be focused tonight. Jesus. I'm a man. driver and I'm a pilot. Oh, no. <laughs> there it focus. is. Okay. Since I'm a driver and I'm a flyer. No, but I'm a. <laughs> fuck off. <Les. laughs> fuck off. That's for you, Eric. It's good to meet you, buddy. Thank you. It's good to see you in the flesh. Yeah, it was great meeting you too, man. I tell you what, what here was the best That's part. So happened. here I am. <laughs> here I am. I'm I'm at this live show and I was able to hang out with the members of the Sith list that I actually wanted to. <laughs> I what a dick too. All right, that is enough. Listen, We're done. Okay, look, no more bickering. Look how, <laughs> look how different this is. During the festival, during the killers, I go to take a piss. And I go and I sit there and I call Eric Struthers in a porta potty and leave a message how I wish I was there. I wish I was there to meet you. And this is what you have to say to me, Eric. I'm glad it was the fucking infection. Oh, it was the, I, I oh, those, dang. I, Eric, I sent those infections through that porta potty, through the phone line, to your eyeballs. <laughs> you nasty that bastard. That would explain dude. it. That would explain it. Gross. That, <laughs> that message you left me, I wish I would have kept it because here's what it sounded like. Hey, Struthers. And I'm like, yeah, I think he's trying to tell me something important. <laughs> no, no, I was I was drunk. I think I was on an edible. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was. It was. Uh, it I was think a good, good weekend was had by all of It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Good, it was good weekend by But Eric, do you want to you want to lead us through? Because if I do this, we're going to talk about all kinds of stupid shit. You want to lead us since you are Star Wars reporter. You want to lead us through this whole solo thing? Sure, man. Sure. So here's. Let me just get this. So. We've talked about how many times we've each seen it. Let me ask you guys, just real quick, shotgun, score out of 10 from each one of you. Oh, Who wants to question. go? I'll give it an 8.0. Okay. Yeah. I'll go next. I'll give it an 8 as well. Wow. Bless. Um, I will give it an 8, 8.5. Eight and, and Dom. I'm going to give it a 9.5. Yeah, Dom. <laughs> yes. Well. Yeah. My name's yeah. Eric, and I'm a butthole. I give it a seven point two five. Oh wow! Okay, okay. What was funny, Eric, is I everybody that saw it before me, I asked, "Give me a one word description." I even asked Dom. His one word description was better than Last Jedi. <laughs> There's all no spaces. <laughs> yeah. No spaces. No spaces. I think yeah. Eric. What did you say? You said like fun, right? Oh no, no. Yeah. You said no, mall. I, you said mall exclamation point, didn't you, or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then some other people like Jason put fun. Um, so everybody gave me like something different. So okay, Eric, since you're the lowest score, why was the seven point two five? There was a couple of spo- a couple of points where the pacing got really weird to me personally. Okay, and now I'll just say right off the top, I preface this with a couple of things. Number one, ten is perfect. Nothing could possibly have made this movie better. So that's unachievable. So when you say 9.5, man, you're saying that this was just about the most perfect film ever made. That's a pretty tall order, okay? So having said all that, let's back it up a little. We get, I love the movie, and I do think that as I see it more times, my score will climb. There are some, like I said, some odd pacing things, and my biggest minus is in 
the Kessel Blaster shootout scene. I feel like I've broken record because I've said this several times now, but okay. Are you guys familiar with the short lived? It was like a television mini series called Police Squad, which yes, led to Naked Gun. They would always have the gag where, okay, Leslie Nielsen's shooting at the bad guy, hiding behind something. And then they would show the bad guy and he leans out from behind something and he's shooting at Leslie Nielsen. And then they pull back far and you realize they're both hiding behind a barrel, the same barrel, and they're two feet apart. Yeah. That is what that blaster battle felt like. Oh. It felt claustrophobic, like they're all right on top of each other. It Everybody should have been dying. Nothing was happening. And it took me out of the movie because I'm like, man, that is small. That is a small set. Look at yeah. that. That that it, is one that is one of my criticisms of mm-hmm. the movie too is that Kessel in general feels small. Yeah, everything felt tiny, and and then once okay they're back on the ship, they're taken off. Everything, don't get me wrong, visually it was breathtaking. Okay, but too long on the space octopus, and it's like the momentum fell apart when they're being dragged into that gravity well because they freeze on this scene where there's the octopus, there's the falcon in front of it. And it's like, honestly, here's what it felt like to me. Man, we spent a lot of time making this. Let's make sure it gets some screen time. <laughs> nope, not enough. Keep it up there some more. And I'm like, all right, that'll do. And the reason I say this is because the whole thing, it, there was no sense of urgency to it. The whole point is that if, if they don't hurry up, all this fuel is going to you know, go critical on them. And it's like, it it just didn't feel like there was there was a sense of urgency and the, the whole part where they inject the fuel into the thing that was awesome the didn't start it fall it starts to fall on thing a plus but it took so long to get there that it really bogged it down and that knocked okay. it down a few pegs for me okay so what was your favorite parts probably <laughs> one of my top ones was was han meeting Chewbacca yeah, and that that's pit. my favorite. I yeah, love yeah. that. I love the all of the card game stuff both times. Very good. So this is uh Sabak. 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 Got it. You played before? A couple times, yeah. Captain Lindo Karazi. On solo. Man, I mean there's just tons of stuff that I liked in it. Just my main minuses were were those. But. Yeah, okay. How about you, Dom? What, what was your minuses and pluses? Yeah, so I, I actually agree with Eric that the the Kessel stuff felt small. It felt like a, if this is a, I, I hate this criticism because it doesn't really mean anything, but it felt like a set. You know, like it didn't feel like a, an expansive world. And and sometimes I feel like movies and shows, especially sort of in the the sci-fi fantasy genre, they get caught in this because they spend all their money making these little areas look really good and they're like well let's just shoot everything here that's all we need um or they don't have enough money to do more than like a couple of hallways and so you just get a bunch of different angles running down that hallway and sometimes it works like empire strikes back and, and other times it doesn't work quite as well like uh the, the later seasons of game of thrones have this problem too where it's like all of king's landing is three rooms that's all that that's all there is um, <laughs> but so 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 there's that and then in terms of minuses like there's just there's little moments of just sort of like just kind of bits of line de- delivery and that sort of thing. Like there's one line from from Woody Harrelson where he's like when Emphis Nest shows up and he's like, oh, I'm never going to hear the end of this one. It's like 
he gives such a good performance throughout the rest of the movie that that one line stands out as a sore thumb because it's so bad. That, that like I I really this is one that I really struggle to sort of pick out minuses for. Like I I'm sure as we talk about it, I'll, I'll they'll come back to me, but I I don't have a lot to complain about. You know, there's certain scenes that I think drag on a little bit, like the scene with with Han and Kira when they get to Savarine and they're talking about Dryden and before he's actually arrived as the the fuel is being whatever <laughs> whatever yeah. being refined. The scene drags a little bit for me. But otherwise I think the movie plays really well. I I, I get why some people might might find some of the like genre jumping at the beginning a bit disconcerting. It certainly certainly does. My only sort of other criticism is that like I, I would have liked some of these scenes to be longer. I would have liked more uh, Han stealing cars at the beginning. I would have like, I like the Kessel run for what it is. And I, I, I don't have any problems with it to be perfectly honest, but I, I, I could have taken a, a, it being a little bit longer and having more things to get through and that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. Other, other criticisms like just sort of could have used more Val, could have used more L3, could have used maybe a little more Lando, could have yeah. used more Rio, but that's my t- criticism. The only criticism I have with this film is. They killed off Val too early and Rio off too early. Yeah, but but by that same token, like I certainly felt like there was more that could have happened with those characters. In a way, I wish they could have uh, they could have survived, but not gone on the rest of the journey because that the Falcons pretty crowded during the Kessel Run, and I don't mean that in True. like a literal sense because sure you can fit more people in there. Just there's they they are stretching a little bit for everybody to have a thing to do right during the castle run and right. so if you add one or two more characters into that just sort of from a structural standpoint somebody's going to be standing around going what am i supposed to do do you want me to clean the windows will that help you know like it, it doesn't yeah. really it, you do kind of run into that problem as well if you keep those guys around so just purely from a liking those characters i definitely want to see more of them Oh, I know. I do too. I do too. Boo, what'd you, what's your favorite parts and dislikes? What's your favorite likes and dislikes? My favorite part was the actual Kessel Run. Yeah, okay, I, I, cool. I wish I would have had like Me one too. of those, uh, yeah. I wish I had one of those night vision cameras because I probably would have had like the stupidest grin on my face the entire time because I was just, that was so exciting. But and your big thing before you went to go see this is you want a ton of a Falcon. A Falcon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and that was great. Seeing shiny Falcon, seeing badass Falcon is great. I thought the beginning was not slow, just not that interesting to me. You know, a lot of people had problems with Proxy Midnight. I was just happy that it wasn't a human. I was happy that it was a creature. I, I, I love the creatures in Star Wars. So I was happy about that. But the whole like chase scene and the, the, the whole thing at the end where they finally get, uh, separated, that was fine. You know, and he joins the, uh, the, the Imperial ranks and stuff like that. That was good. But I, I just thought the beginning was kind of lackluster. Compared to the rest, like the Kessel Run was amazing. All that other stuff was great, and then that was kind of just like meh to me. I, I I do agree about the whole the ending of the Kessel Run. I, I thought the octopus was great, but I don't think they needed the whole fuel injection thing. It was cool and it was funny when it didn't work, and then boom, you know the the Falcons like, oh shit, we gotta go. Yeah, that was that, but uh, but besides that, yeah, I, I I thought it was good. Yeah, of course, you know the characters dying sucks, but I get it. You know, L three was great. You know, stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. But overall, I I loved it. Definitely gonna see it again. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was great. I want to see this good. one in four D. I'll get sick though. I think. Oh, that would <laughs> be the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Just seeing it in three D is pretty great. 
Like, yeah. I, one of the, I think it was the third viewing I went to was like an IMAX 3D thing. It was, it, this didn't have the shaking seats or anything, but it was, it was still like really, really immersive, especially in the Castle Run stuff. Uh, Les, what'd you, what'd you think? For me, it's not so much scenes, but what I really liked was how it just started to line things up. So the Han Solo that I grew up with in A New Hope, this basically laid the foundation. Sure did. So, yeah, the engine cutting out in the Falcon lets you know that all those things, it, it's not the first, you know, that's the very first time it happens because there's other critical moments throughout all the Star Wars films where, you know, shit doesn't work. And like I said, for me, that part, all of that just helped me understand where it came from. I mean, I'm not as deep into the lore, into the movies as you guys are and like into the whole thing. I'm getting there. But for me, this definitely tied things together as far as Han Solo is. And it also showed all the Lando stuff. I wish we had more, a little bit more, but it shows me that they may not be like friends, friends. They're just allies. Like, oh, okay, I'll fuck with this guy because you know what? We can, mm-hmm. we're okay together. He knows I'm, I'm a cheapskate and I'm a low, you know, I'm low, low down, dirty shame, but they're all cool with each other in that regard. Really do think they, they could have kept that crew together because they were building up stuff with that crew with Val and, and Rio and, you know, Chewie and Han latch on all of a sudden and then boom. And you're just like, ah, okay. Well, now a new crew comes along, but I will say this. I did really, really like, so adding the element of Maul at the end, that lets me know that the Sith are not afraid to mess with the underworld. Well, no, well. The thing is, he's not even he's not Sith even Darth anymore. Sith anymore. He's not. He's not even a Darth at that. At that he's point. just small. He's just small. Well, who's he under? Is he under he's anyone? Under himself. That's it. So does he end up with so Palpatine? This, this, this is the problem. Exactly. This is the problem now that they're going to have to explain to guys, people that don't know the storyline exactly. Okay, so where does that put so, him? You want to or Dom? You want to let him know about what's going on here? <laughs> right, because I'm under the I'm under the impression that puts him before. A few years before Phantom Menace, and he's on his come oh, up. Oh, no, 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 no. As, oh, no. This is, no, no. Okay, hold on. So I actually decade. had this exact conversation that for people who don't know, what's going to be the, the misconception? One, that, uh, you know, how did he come back? Or two, is this before we saw him get cut in half? Because this is way after we see him get cut in half. Yeah, and so in the Clone Wars, there was an arc where they find Darth Maul and he has these big robot spider legs. And it's been explained that, you know, just out of his pure hatred and anger, he refused to die essentially. And that's a Sith thing. Blah, 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 blah. He's got, then he had robot legs and then he got better robot legs that look more normal. Okay. And he becomes this big crime boss. He is the ruler of Mandalore for a period of time. And he becomes a big crime kingpin. And at some point, Palpatine shows up and kicks him around like a punk bitch. I mean, it's, it's a cartoon, but dang, it's hard. It's, it's brutal. It's hard to watch. It's so mean. Master, I am most impressed to see you have survived your injuries. I used your training, Master, and I have built all this in hopes of returning to your side. Hmm. How unfortunate. 
that you are attempting to deceive me. Master? You have become a rival! Have mercy. Please, please. There is no mercy. Do not worry. I'm not going to kill you. I have other uses for you. <laughs> so that's where this is in the timeline. And for people who have a problem with it, look, okay, I get it, right? But I got to say this. I was a little frustrated when Darth Maul came back. But what they ended up doing with him was admittedly pretty dope. And okay, now he's in Solo. Well, here's the thing. It's already been established in canon that he's part of this this crime syndicate and this you know world of the the crime bosses. If he wasn't in this anywhere, it would be weird because they've already set it up in canon that he was a major player in this underworld type of thing. So anyway, that's where it's at. Yeah, so he runs Crimson Dawn. Okay, thank he's, you. He's, I needed that. Still, to see that they're not afraid to dip their hands in that, you yeah. know what I mean, and to oh, well, be a part of that. Yeah. Them to do that. So that part for me was pretty cool. The the reason I gave, first of all, the reason I gave it an eight, I absolutely, and I don't like Eric said, it's really hard to have a movie that's 10. So for me, Empire is like a 9.5. So if I give this one an eight, it's right there. You know, I mean, it's, it's pretty close because I went in thinking this was, and I, and I listened to Ron Howard when he said, it's going to be a fun popcorn movie. Go in there and it's just have a great time. Enjoy yourself. It's a summer flick. And I went in there with the same attitude that I went into Guardians of the Galaxy, and I loved it. I mean, I think I put a tweet up somewhere where I said, the movie was entertaining, it was fun, it was great acting, it was great writing, it's characters that I loved all my life. Why wouldn't I like this film? It didn't shit on the lore of, of Han Solo, it only really made it stronger for me. And it hit on every level. Love the music, by the way. Any move, anytime I can go into theater and hear the asteroid field again, <laughs> John Williams score while Han Solo is in the Millennium Falcon. I mean, it's a win. It's a win. I love Chewie and Han's interaction in the very beginning when they first met. I love the throwback to the Carbonite. Did you guys pick up on the Carbonite when he was in the mud and Chewie's about to attack him? I, I didn't see it in in the movie like the first time I saw it or, or the first couple of times I saw it. But then I saw um, Justin Bulger tweeted it. Yeah. At, and then I was like, I looked for it the next time, and yep, there it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I I love all the callbacks. I love the Easter eggs, and I know a lot of people have problems with the solo name, how he got the name. A lot of people think it's pretty cheesy, but I read an article on Cinema Blend today. They had Lawrence Kasdan in an interview with him on, and he said that the initial pitch to Iger was that scene with the solo name hmm. at the immigration hall, and Iger said, "I love it." It's a man with no family. It's a man on his own. Let's do this. Wow. And this was a while back. This was five years ago that they greenlit this thing. And they just kept it hush-hush. That's crazy. Kazan said that he came on five years ago. And three weeks later, Disney bought them. Uh. And then two weeks after that, they brought Iger and and a bunch of executives. And they pitched the ideas of all the movies. 
Wow. And Iger loved the fact that scene. He, I mean, he sold it on that scene. So all a lot of people hate that scene and love the movie. That's the scene that got them the that movie. got them the movie, which wow. is crazy. Yeah, which I thought was pretty interesting. So yeah, I, that's why I loved it. I just, I, I mean, how can you not like it? And the, the mall thing, <laughs> I liked seeing mall again. I know Steel was so upset about it, and I get it. I back in the day during Rebels, I said this. I said on the podcast a hundred times, "Why are they wasting this opportunity?" This should be in the Kenobi film. And now they fucking can't do it in the Kenobi film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. that's what pissed me off. That's what pissed uh-huh. me off. Because I would have loved to have seen this. Now set this up for Kenobi, which he'll probably be in Kenobi. But we're not going to see that battle. He has to end up in Malachor somehow. Mm-hmm. Right? That's where he started, ended up in, in Rebels. So that's why I was upset. But I, I love seeing Maul again. I love seeing Ray Park. And I love hearing Sam Witter. Yeah, yeah. I think if if Rebels hadn't try hadn't done that story, I think I'd be even more excited by it if it was just coming off of Clone Wars and they were picking it up yes, from yes. there. Um, you know, it it is it is going to be interesting to see how they handle that because at a certain point, yeah, they just got to drop him on Malachor. It, it, and I don't. I think it's easier to say to a movie audience, he's back. We're going to give you a brief overview of how that happened. If you want more details, go to the cartoons. I think it's easier to say that to them than to say, well, this is where his story stops in the movies. If you want to know what happens next, go to the cartoons. I think it's easier to 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 cover what's already happened than it is to make people watch the cartoons. Yes. Uh, and And so I think the way they're going to have to handle it and in a way, this is. This is not great because Maul's already the guy who dies and comes back three or four times, it seems, is they're going to have to end whatever story they tell with him with the audience thinking he's dead for for all intents and purposes. Like, he will be dead to the movie audience. It's just the cartoon audience that will know, oh, no, he survived that fight with Boba Fett on Alicor, uh, and he's going to come back in a couple years and eventually find Obi-Wan and so on and so forth. Right. What would you think about that, Eric? Not only of seeing him, but of the wasted opportunity uh, that they used up and put themselves in a box now, as Jason said on, on their podcast. Now they put themselves in a box and they got to figure it out. First of all, I was completely shocked to see Maul. I hadn't been spoiled on it at all. Didn't see it coming. And as a matter of fact, when the hologram first appeared and he started speaking... <laughs> The thought in my head was like, oh, hey, man, that's Sam Whitler. Not, oh, my God, it's Darth Maul, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and so I'm like, that's cool. I'm glad he got a gig. And and then right. when they turn around, I'm like, nah. And <laughs> I so I was I was like floored. And I, I mean, it, in a good way, I was like, he Darth Maul <laughs> or I'm sorry, he Maul. And I got to thinking about it later and it's like man what are they gonna do with it because 
I personally enjoyed the episode of Rebels where Obi-Wan and Darth Maul squared off. I liked the way they went about it. I think they did it with genuine passion and it it wasn't just a careless afterthought the way they had the showdown work out. No, no it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah, it, yeah I, I like I like that episode a lot. There's some clunky stuff at the beginning, but as a as a as an episode, I I've always said it's got its issues, but it gets the big stuff right. Um, I I really thought it. They did a much better job on that than they did on the Ahsoka Vader showdown. Which I, if they want to make a movie, that's the one thing that I will accept them just saying, yeah, that didn't happen. We'll do we're doing it again because <laughs> Mulligan Twilight, Twilight of the Apprentice, which ironically is the episode that reintroduces Maul into. Uh, Rebels is just an episode that breaks my heart. <laughs> breaks my I, heart. I liked it. The showdown between Ahsoka and Vader, man. I like the emotional content of it. I was beginning to believe I knew who you were behind that mask, but it's impossible. My master could never be as vile as you. Anakin Skywalker was weak. I destroyed him. I will avenge his death. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. I like it until they closed the door on it and said, ah, we're not doing that story. You thought yeah. you thought we, we sold you on this story in marketing and and promotion for months and hype and convention teases. Right. We sold you on this. And we're not actually going to show it. And then we're going to go and do a bunch of interviews where we go, actually, guys, Rebels is Ezra's story, even though we don't promote it as such. And we know that you care much more about this other thing. Uh, it's Ezra's story. So what Ezra sees is what matters. And um, you wanted to see the end of that fight? Too bad. So sad. Uh, that's not what the story we're te telling. That was when I lost a lot of faith in the animated side of yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, was I, I was on no, their I team until that point. And that... I, you know, I know I, people keep saying they want a Dave Filoni directed Star Wars movie. I'm like, do we? That's, yeah. I, I love the man. I love the man, but he also did that. And, right. And I, was, I don't know if that's going to, that's going to fly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I do think that I'm kind of, well, they're in a box. I mean, I don't know a better way to put it. I was actually talking to Jason on, at Steel's show and he, he had some thoughts about it of like maybe, what they could try to do but mm -hmm. it's let me ask you this so dom you mentioned that what they could do is rather than tell the general movie going audience if you want to know what happened you gotta go watch the cartoon that they'll they'll give you sort of a, an overview of what went down right mm -hmm. is there can they pull a stunt like that with the obi-wan and maul face off can they replay it beat for beat on the big screen? I don't think they can. And I know I know um, Jason Ward was pitching the like, you know, he's saying they said uh, they introduced the Rashomon idea Rashomon. in yeah. Last Jedi of yeah. getting the different perspectives. And that works because the characters are telling one character is telling another character and we're just sort of seeing it. Uh, you know, we only get Kylo's perspective on it because he's telling Ray his perspective. And it's just more interesting to see it than to hear it. And then we get Luke's perspective, like the two versions of Luke's perspective that we get 
are him telling Ray. Um, you know, the truth of that night, you could argue, hasn't actually been told. Yeah, yet. we don't know. We don't know really. We're still, right. Yeah. We're still dealing with a bit of perspectives, but, um, what we, in my opinion, what we see on screen is that in sort of the main story that isn't told that way, being told one character to another, that is truth. That is what happened. And there's a little bit of room for, there's some wiggle room for uh, medium and that sort of thing. Like, you know, people make jumps and that sort of thing in cartoons that they would never make in reality that, you know, just wouldn't fly in live action. Um, and so you can, you know, some wiggle room there, but I don't think there's really room to, go and say let's we're going to show this duel again from Maul's perspective because we've already really seen Maul's perspective you know the the camera in that rebels episode is fairly objective it's 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 more of a for lack of a better term term like you know it's a it's an omniscient camera it's not dependent on Obi-Wan seeing something or Maul seeing something so I, I don't think I, I don't think they would go that way, but I also didn't think they would ever bring Maul into the live action, the, the sort of reborn Maul into the live action stuff. And, uh, and they did it. So, and, and I don't think the writing, the writers and the, and, and the directors will want to replay that. They're, they're going to want their own kind of vision on it. So I don't, I don't see them redoing that in a different perspective or a point of view. Uh, but there could be, there could be another fight. I mean, this mm-hmm. could be, it could have been sequenced to that, you know, cause before he, that fight, it's after he's in Malachor. So, you know, obviously we could have another fight go down. Mm-hmm. Possible. I, 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 everybody keeps saying it's going towards Maul and Obi-Wan. I don't think so. I, I think with the, the not quite announcement of the Boba Fett movie, oh. I think there's a lot of folks out there. There's, and there's been a lot of fan art over the years of a Maul versus Boba showdown. Wow. Yeah. A showdown of the character of the underused, uh, popular characters, cult favorite characters. And, you know, we kind of saw what that could be in Clone Wars when Maul fought pre Vizsla. But oh, yeah, yeah. If you wanted to, to sort of one up that, I mean, Boba's the character to do it with. And Boba's a character who I think at least the hardcore audience would buy he would be the guy to take down Maul. If if you're not going to go with Obi-Wan and you're not going to go with Vader, I think it would be it would be Boba. And how and, old, and how old would Boba be in this time frame? He'd be I mean, he'd be anywhere from like 17 to 30, you know, some okay. some 35 somewhere like you could put it just about anywhere. And, you know, my, my sort of dream scenario or, or, you know, this, if they, if they came to me tomorrow and they said, Dom, what should we do? Not that they ever would. I'd say, all right, next movie, job is putting together a crew. It's Boba. It's Han. It's uh, Chewie, the muscle. Get like a couple other characters in there. Maybe Sana Staros from the comics since we're bringing everything in. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going up against Maul and Kira and they're going to try and take them down because Java wow, doesn't like competition. Cool. That Jabba is fucking like cool, man. Yeah. Um, Get a big showdown. Maybe, maybe Kira can betray Maul and take over Crimson Dawn. You know, like a, yeah, and then Han and Boba fall out of you know. Oh yeah, man, that's yeah, rad. Exactly. exactly. Uh, Story so group. I, I hope you're listening. Yeah. Hire this guy. <laughs> as soon as they they when that Hollywood Reporter story came out, it was about an hour or an hour and a half before 
I was going to see the movie a second time before it's sort of wide premiere. And I sort of I, immediately when I saw it, I saw I thought. They could do it. They could do Maul versus Fett. That would be interesting. And I've sort of pulled Ben aside, pulled him away from the rest of our group who were still we were still dancing around spoilers. I have to what about Maul versus Fett? He goes, Oh yeah, that could work. That could work. So <laughs> definitely work. And Lando can be in the team too. They really Lando could to. be in there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, get the Han can be the getaway driver. Chewie's the muscle. Lando's the one with the access. And this is Boba's- like our this is like our Avengers for Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> really. Holy crap. Really? I mean, you know, the, it, it, would it be more like oceans? It would be like yeah, oceans. Kind of yeah. Be, it would be like oceans. Yeah. yeah. What and, do you think about that, Eric? Well, I mean, it would be cool, but quite frankly, just based on anything we've seen Boba Fett do on screen, mm-hmm. facing up against Maul, man, that'd be that'd be shorter than the fight with Obi Wan. But this is their this is their chance to um to redeem Fett to you know make him into a proper make him live up to the legend in, in one way or another. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's the problem. Although I was very excited when I saw Maul, I was like, badass, great, awesome. He's here. But, uh, like at the steel show, um, what was it? Uh, Kyle Newman said, uh, Han can never go against Maul. You'd kill him in seconds. Yes. Seconds. By himself. Yeah. See, and the, that's the issue is that there's very few people left in the universe that can face up against Maul. He can never go, Maul can never go up against Vader because he would kill him. Uh, what is it? We've already seen Sidious make him his bitch, literally his bitch. Yeah. So there's a very small list of people who can actually good face point. him and make a That's decent a movie. That's, That's the problem. It's awesome that he's there. It's fucking, it's, it, you know, I was so excited when I saw it, but now thinking about it later. You know, uh, Boba Fett, that's going to take some work. Although he is awesome, we've never seen him do really awesome things yet. You know, things like that. Obi-Wan would be only, the only one. But if that happens, people are going to be like, he, it can't because people are like, I want to see him kill him. Well, not only that, if Obi-Wan can't be in this with Solo. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, they, they can't meet prior. So that's the issue and, is that it's going to take a lot of work to make this to make sense. And and it seemed to me on on Rebels that Maul was shocked that Obi Wan was still alive. Yeah, that's mm. what I'm saying. So when, oh, when I, we, I, I think, you're right. I think, you're right. Think of the sort of the two Hollywood Reporter confirmed movies, I think there's a better shot that Maul pops up with with Fett than Kenobi, which is not what you would have thought yeah. a couple of years ago. Right. That is really cool, though, man. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I, I like your take on it. If they can somehow have what Dom was saying, have Maul have another person on the other end, on the good side, allegedly, to battle. But you never know. The vault at the Bellagio oh, yeah. got broken into. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and you know, the, the problem with doing a Boba Fett movie is he's kind of a bad guy and you don't really want to make him into a good guy so you have to walk a really fine line and and you can't i I don't think they're likely to want to make a movie about boba killing some innocent person no Uh, no. but he could what he could do dom is he could double cross all the good guys yeah he could double cross well and and if you know if, if boba were hired say by jabba to kill darth maul then he's killing a bad guy for a bad guy and there's, there's, I think, a, an interesting tightrope they could walk with him. Hmm. Yeah. There you have that. That's, that would be badass. Jimmy Cricket. 
Oh, I love Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I love it. Now, my good, my good buddy Matt Frost from Australia came up with this excellent concept of uh, Forrest Gump. I and, saw that you know, today. Oh, that's great. Boba Fett. Great. Oh my gosh, he's like working on a complete, you know, scene breakdown. I think it's yeah, I saw top that. tier, man. Yeah, top yeah. shelf. That's really good. Do you think that Disney right now is going? Wait a minute. If people aren't going to go see a movie about Solo, how the fuck are we going to get them to go watch a movie about Boba Fett? That's why I think Dom's idea is a little bit makes more sense to me because we're, we, of course, would go see it, right? But I'm talking the executives, not at Lucasfilm, the executives at Disney. Mm-hmm. They don't think like us. No. They're thinking about how fans are going to go watch the films. Even Star Wars fans aren't seeing the solo movie three, four, five, six, seven times, except for Dom. <laughs> I was going to uh, say. Yeah. Six, six over here. <laughs> right. Um, so do you think that they're a little freaked out right now? Like, if we're going to do a Boba Fett, we better include Solo. We better include Donald Glover in this one and Alden Unruh and Chewbacca. I, I mean, I, I, I'm legitimately curious I, as to what they're thinking right now. Like, I hope that they recognize what we sort of laid out at the top that there's a lot more to this than just there's, there's, or there's more to this than just people didn't go and see this movie in the numbers they were hoping to. Cause I mean, let's not forget. There's most movies would kill for an $103 million opening weekend. Most oh, movies yeah. would kill for 80, 89 or whatever they did over the first three days. And if you look at, and I, I did this in, in an article I put up on starwarsunderworld.com, like if you look at some of the other movies that have gotten sequels that did that kind of money on the opening, on opening weekend, then solo should be fine. We shouldn't be concerned about solo at all. You know, there's several Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the um, Harry Potter spinoff, Fantastic Beasts did less than Solo did in three days. And, you know, part two is coming sure. uh, as are parts three through seven or however many, right. <laughs> however many more they're making. Um, and, and uh, you know, Wonder Woman made $103 million in its opening weekend. Maze so, Runner. Look at Maze Runner. Yeah. There's like four of those fucking movies. Yeah. Yeah. So there there shouldn't be any real concern about that. That's. But I wonder if they're maybe sort of going, maybe we need to make these into a little bit more of an event, um, which I would argue they could have done by waiting six months to release this. I agree. Um, and, and and then you would have had your event. But I think maybe they, they because, you know, episode seven, huge events, the return of Star Wars. Rogue One, you could certainly make the case that um, or I I would even argue that it was riding the coattails of force awakens to an extent of just the, the sheer goodwill and excitement that that movie brought in. Um, Then you have last Jedi again, big event The sequel to force awakens was the biggest movie of all time at at that point. And then solo, if you give it a year, it still probably doesn't do as well as the other three. But it's still, you know, Star Wars, it's the excitement thing. But when you're coming off of Last Jedi and people are still uh, just getting used to that movie existing and, and, and that sort of thing, they haven't had a chance to miss Star Wars yet. And Star Wars has always been an event. It's already a bit much to be doing one a year, let alone one every six months, because we're used to three three to 17-year gaps between them. Right. And I, I, I think they... They were hoping that they could turn Star Wars into a twice a year thing or even a more than twice a year thing. And I, I think more than anything, they're going to realize, okay, we need to, 
keep it at, at once a year at least or at most and then make those movies into an event. And yeah, a team up of Boba Fett, Han Solo, Lando, Chewbacca to, and, and, and others potentially hired by Jabba the Hutt to take down Darth Maul. That's a pretty big event. That's at least, I don't know, maybe that's from within, from inside the sort of fan bubble. That to me seems like an event, but you know, maybe, maybe it doesn't seem like an event to other people. But if it's once a year, maybe it is. Maybe yeah. it's an event. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I think you're, and I think from here on out, they're going to, they're going to stick with December, man. I don't think they're going to fuck around with summer. Yeah. Anymore. Well, it's, it, it's, it's funny, you know, the, the whole, um, you know, episode nine was supposed to be next May and we probably would have been having a similar conversation. It probably wouldn't have been this dramatic, I don't think. But I mean, it would still be coming off of Infinity War 2 and probably something else. And in a way, they were saved by the fact that they had to fire the director and rewrite the script a couple more times and bring in JJ and JJ sort of like, okay, no, we're not doing May. (laughs) We're doing December. And I think that sort of that they were at least, um, you know, now they now they know and they they didn't have to face the uh, PR backlash of going uh actually we're gonna take more time to make episode nine they already did that back when there was far more goodwill out there you know you're coming off of rogue one and and uh force awaken going into last jedi and there was a hell of a lot of goodwill going into last jedi oh yeah there absolutely was just one thing real quick that i want to throw out there is and i mean the tendency is to look for excuses or reasons where there are none and but I can say this for me personally, you know, I've went and saw all of the movies up until all the Star Wars movies up until this point, you know, at least 10 times each. And for me to have only seen this movie twice is crazy, given, you know, it's been out for nearly a week at this point. But I literally just have not had time because of where it's fallen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've talked to people who have seen it multiples where the theaters are more crowded the further away they get from release day yeah and i could so see that. they go i could totally see that they go see they go see it when it comes out and they're 60 full they go see it on you know monday evening and the theater's packed so what's that trend going to look like is are we going to see it continue to go up i mean for me honestly it is it's been a madhouse to try to go see a movie on a holiday weekend. It's just very impractical given everything going on. Yeah. yeah M- Memorial day is a weird one because it like people it's be, it's thought of as like a time to release movies, but you look at the box office, you know, the best of all time is pirates three. And that was 140 million. That is so like that, weird. You know why? Because people are on vacation, less, man. Mm-hmm. People go places. Less than Rogue one. Yeah. You know, yeah, Memorial it's, Day doesn't seem like a movie weekend to me. It seems like a river vacation for not, us down here in Vegas every Not year. to be home. Not is, to be home, not key, to be indoors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but yeah. and if you right. are home, you're just at home. You're barbecuing. Yeah, it's yeah. Family barbecue comes over. Exactly. Yeah. You know, there's all these awesome like TV specials right. on, like uh, Band of Brothers or The Pacific right. or, you know, to, yeah. uh, tribute to Fallen, because that's what it's for, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Game one of the Stanley Cup finals. Game that too, yeah, finals. you know, yeah, you got that. Champions League final was on too for you soccer fans out oh, there. Oh yeah, what a game. So oh, it's, sh- uh, yeah, it's, it's more like, hey, we're going to stay home and grill or we're going to go somewhere else and 
just you know hang out and enjoy the three day weekend. Right? No, it's it's a great point. It's going to be fascinating to see what it does next weekend. I was, yeah, I, I think that, I was that will be the bigger indicator as to what's going on. What I was surprised with was with the worldwide totals it was so bad. That was pretty that bad. Was, yeah. Even London was bad, and London usually is really strong with Star Wars. That freaked me out a little bit. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Even the worldwide made like. I think it was, what, 38 million or something like that? Or 60? It was more, it was more than that. It was 60, I thought it was 60, 60 it, something? I thought yeah. it was like 88 million. It was something like 65, 69 million, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I, that, so. But you know what? That doesn't mean it's a fucking bad movie. That's the Not thing. And, and it was oh, fun. no, man. It kicks ass. It kicks ass. And it's, what's funny is that the press just grabs onto it being a disappointment. And then it gets into people's psyche that it's not a good movie because it didn't make money. Which is really weird to me. Like I talked to somebody that worked this week and they said they went and saw Deadpool 2 and they said that it was great. This, these were the words that came out of, the, uh, out of this uh, employee's mouth. It was great because nobody was at the theater because Solo did so bad. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, what, is that, what does that even mean? Like, it's, yeah. That's just hating but, but, but this is what yeah. pe- it gets in people's mindsets. It's, it gets in there and they, they assume that it's not a good movie because they didn't make a lot of money. It's almost it's almost like a self fulfilling prophecy. Like if people exactly. are talking about how it's not making money, it's not going to make money because people are saying, "Well, why would I go see something that's not making money?" Exactly. When I, I think I think history will be very kind to this movie, and I think history will be very kind to Last Jedi, uh, much like it's been very kind to Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wow. it's uh, yeah, it, it's going to be one of those one of those movies that. People are going to look back on maybe and sort of go, why didn't that do better? Because I, I've got very little to complain about. You got nothing, nothing. And nothing the majority, made. yeah, the majority of people that I've talked to have really liked it. I mean, there's one mm-hmm. or two that didn't, but majority. So yeah, it was entertaining. It was fun. My, yeah. my, my wife who, who what who's seen all the Star Wars movies, but isn't in like crazy like we are. She said, mm-hmm. I, in the first, there's a couple of things I asked her. In the first five minutes, I go, "Are you buying Alden as Han?" And she said, "No, not yet." And then I said, "Oh fuck, we're in trouble," <laughs> because I'm, 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 yeah, I'm gauging her as a normal, like, you know, novice of, yeah. And then at the end of the movie, I said, "How about what'd you think?" And she said, "I loved it, and I loved Alden. Yeah, it was awesome." And she said, "This is the first Star Wars movie where." I didn't need to know anything while I'm watching it. I felt like I was there from the beginning and I saw this guy grow up to this, become this guy and this character. So I didn't have to know things about the past or things about the force or things about Jedi's. It was just about a guy trying to make it. And I said, wow, that's, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you said that. That's exactly, I think what they were trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, so much was established in this movie. Just foundations, you know, more were just fortified. Not so much laid, but more foundations were fortified. You know now. It expanded on the, the criminal underworld, which other movies just said, you know, Hansel is a famous smuggler. That's it. But now we know what, you know, we, we know about that. We know he shoots first. You know, give yeah. a rip. When it's time for a showdown, he's pulling the trigger. You're not, that, that's what's going to happen. Like, Lorena said, I didn't buy it at first either, but then I was like, you know what? That is Han Solo. He, yeah, yeah. Alden I love how he didn't try to imitate him, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He mm-hmm. totally, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't Ansel Elgort. Or, not Ansel Elgort, but the other guy. It was, Alden. 
No, yeah. no, no. I'm talking about the guy that. Uh, oh, uh, Ingruber. 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 So who here, the hell is here's, that? You don't want to. Uh, there we dude. go. So, <laughs> so, he, check, so check this out. All right. Like I told you, we were watching Pulp Empire and, you know, Steel pointed out. It's like when you see Empire Strikes Back and pretty much immediately after you see Solo, a Star Wars story. Dude, Alden nailed it. Yeah. I mean, he did a great job. You're looking at like kind of what is the quintessential Han Solo. You see the most of him in this and it, they, he nailed it. He was Han Solo and I, I was sold from the get go. So, and what's so. funny, man, you know, I'm leaving the theater. I, I saw it back to back on, on Thursday night last week and the, the general consensus was people were like, woohoo. So where the, the minus is coming from, I'm not sure. And I think yeah. the, if you're getting to the point where you are like, man, I really like that movie, but it didn't make much money. So I guess it wasn't that good. I mean, yeah. that's, that's just sad. It's just stupid. Yeah. 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 Like in a sense, like, you know, we talk about box office cause it's interesting and, and, um, you know, it's, it kind of gives us a, a little bit of a sense as to what they might be thinking behind the scenes, but it doesn't matter. Like, you know, a lot of great movies didn't make a ton of money. And if Solo falls into that category, so be it. You know, like it's, it does not, doesn't take away from my, my enjoyment of it. My, yeah. anything, it just sort of makes me sit there and go, why didn't more people go and see this? Why didn't more people care? Why didn't, what, what, what failed, what outside forces failed this movie? And because right. it, it, it holds up, it holds up like, you know, the, the feeling that I had coming out of this one versus the feeling I had coming out of Last Jedi, which I don't hate Last Jedi, but I, I understand where a lot of the reasonable criticism of that movie comes from. And I have a lot of it myself. I don't I don't you know, this isn't this isn't going to be a hate on Holdo or hate on Rose thing here <laughs> uh, or not my Luke or anything absurd Hashtag like that. But but that is a movie that I had that on the first viewing i didn't like it i didn't like it i felt like the comic book guy on the simpsons going worst star wars ever we'll only see it three more times <laughs> not my star wars yeah and and um and and it was sort of that was sort of my feeling whereas i came out of this one and it was just like jumping up and down like i want to see it again i want to talk about it whereas with last jedi it was like i have to see that again to make sure there's not something wrong with me and it turns out there kind of was even though, you know, I, you guys were giving scores early. I'd give Last Jedi about a 6.5. Okay. Whereas this one, and I will say my scores tend to be a bit ridiculous. Like, <laughs> you know, I, it's probably not a near perfect movie, but I'm really excited about it. So it gets a 9.5. <laughs> and, yeah, no, and that's what it's supposed to do, Dom. It's supposed yeah. to get you excited. If it gets you excited and you're happy and you're smiling when you're walking in, we're talking about it for an hour and a half on a podcast, yeah. two hours on a podcast, and we're all positive about it. That's what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, speaking of smiling, so let's talk about the humor in the movie. Yeah. How did it land for you guys? Oh, I'll go. It was fucking awesome. It was great. And it, it worked. <laughs> Everything worked. And, che and Chewie was the best part of it. Absolutely. His timing was great. The chemistry between the two, it was fantastic. Spot on, yeah. It was, it, everything was great about it. And Rio was, he was hilarious. He was great. Uh, yeah, it was funny. I was laughing. The crowd around us was laughing. Everybody in the theater was enjoying it. 
So I, I'm totally down with the humor in it. Mm-hmm. I had no no qualms yeah. whatsoever. How about you guys? Same, man. I do wish that there was there were some lines I wish they would have kept out of the TV spots because like I went in probably the last week of TV spots and just stopped watching them. So did I. And I'm glad. And I'm glad because you know for just for example one of my I thought the funniest spots in the movie was the. You must have known you'd see me again. It's counting on it. Just didn't plan on it being so soon. Of course, now you've got a problem. Big problem. You happen to notice that freighter down there? You know what's on it? About 30 hired guns. All I gotta do is give them the signal, you're surrounded. You know what's on that ship? Thirty armed guys, blah blah blah, and then it flies away. <laughs> Dude, that's gold. But it was in one of the TV spots. It sure was. But I hadn't seen it. Oh, see, I, that was so the last I, one that I saw, Eric, and I was pissed that I saw that yeah. one. <laughs> and I laughed my ass off at it. But it's like there are some lines that would have killed in the theater. It, the humor was great in it, and you're right. The interaction between Han and Chewie was like the probably the big star of the show as opposed to it being one character it was the combination of them i i was kind of i was actually expecting it to be funnier and and maybe it would have been if phil lord and chris miller had stuck around no yeah, that's uh, true that's not a criticism at all one of my biggest criticisms of the last jedi is a couple of it's the moments where it tries to be funny and it's not at all general hugs throwing a lightsaber over your shoulder it, instead, this this movie, the the humor felt right. It it was in the right places. It was the right sort of style of humor, at least in my opinion, for Star Wars. And you know, sometimes I I, I feel like the um these sort of superhero characters like Star Lord or even Tony Stark to an extent, or any of these characters that were sort of inspired by the Han Solo wit, they take that and they just crank it up to eleven. And it gets so over the top. And I think Force Awakens and and Last Jedi to an extent, specifically with Poe Dameron, kind of fall victim to that, where they're going too far with that style of humor. And and yet in this movie, Han Han does that with the rock gag, you know, going with the fake thermal detonator. (laughs) That was so great. Yeah. And I was watching that going, if Poe Dameron had done that or if if Star-Lord had done that or any other character had done that, I thought that's ridiculous. That's too far. But because it's Han Solo and he's the guy that inspired everybody else to, it's to okay. be that way, yeah. it, it it felt right. And, and you know, I don't mean to pick on Poe, just he's the character that usually gets those lines. If, if it had been any any of the new characters in, in these new movies trying a, a stunt like that and it working, I, I'm sure I would have been not happy with it. But right. because it's Han, it's fine. And And I, I, you know, I was somebody who bought into Alden from the moment set pictures of him started leaking. And I'm oh, like, oh, okay. yeah, that's Han Solo. That's fine. <laughs> we're, we're good here. We're fine here. How are you? And so <laughs> I, you know, so even though it's so early in the movie, I'm like, yeah, that was something. That's something that's so stupid. Only Han would try it. And and Alden yeah, sold it and it worked. Yeah, yeah totally absolutely. Worked. Well, I thought it was great. Uh, I laughed. Um, Lando's stuff was really good. Han definitely him him speaking Wookie. 
Oh yeah, out of nowhere, like 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 him, him getting his ass kicked, and he's like, uh, that he just throws out some Wookie out there. Jonas taught me a few kind of like deep cut Wookie things that I didn't know, like that you know when you do the sound, you kind of have to start with like a break in the voice, so you go like instead of just you go like and and like the laugh, you know, which he does really well. Did he really know it? It worked. Yeah, it's like it fucking worked. And it worked. And then they're able to communicate. And then you know what? And like uh, one of you highlighted, that was one of your favorite parts. Well, yeah, that was it right there. Him being able to speak to him, them breaking out, and they've been together ever since. I like how it was a callback to Jedi too in the Rancor pick. Yeah, you know. Kind yes, of. yes. That when that happened, I was like, oh, that's yeah. just like Jedi. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they threw him down there, and you know, and then uh, by the way, Chewie eats people. That yeah. is fucking yes, Let's talk about that for okay, a second. Okay, there's he a does. lot that's Chewie established here. Chewie people. is a cannibal. Chewie but, is an Ewok, pretty much. Okay, hold on. <laughs> but is he is he that way because he's been locked up down yeah, there? Yeah, he's fucking hungry. Or is Chewie. he... Yeah. That's the, the only reason... I don't think that's his go-to. Man flesh is not his no, go-to No, no, it's not his meal. go-to. They're not like those vicious Ewoks. I think they're just douchers and they locked his ass up and starve him to death. He's hungry. Yeah, he just got to eat whatever they throw down there. Yeah. I think whatever they throw down there. But that doesn't make him a cannibal. A cannibal's eating your own kind. That's true. He's he's a beast, if anything. You're correct. If he had started chowing down on Sagwa there on Kessel, then we'd be talking about a cannibal. There's there's not much to eat there. Yeah, how about that? That would have... Yeah. Emaciated, yeah. That's sad. They all look like Chaka. You know (laughs) what? But he... And even that, as far as Chewie goes, establishes where... you know, he's like, I helped you guys, but this is my guy. I'm rolling with him. Mm-hmm. When he, yeah, when he walks away cool. at the end mm-hmm. and he's like, you guys are good now. You know, this is all we've broken everyone out. There's a full on revolt going. I got to take care of this business over here. now." Just just on the Han and Chewie thing. I love at the end as Han is watching Kira fly away in the yacht. And it's like he's like Ralph Wickham. If you freeze frame oh, at the exact yeah. you can freeze frame the exact moment, his heart breaks. But unlike Ralph Rick Wiggum. You go ahead a few frames and you can see the moment his start, heart starts to heal. And that's when you just see Chewie's paw enter the frame and land on Han's sh- shoulder. Dude, I just and got goosebumps. Look at my, <laughs> look at my arms. I just got goosebumps, man. That's yeah, true. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. That is you have to. making is what I'm trying to say. That is what the yes. emotion you're supposed to get. Yes, that's exactly. yeah. why you have to love this movie. So, like I said, it just establishes so much. It establishes that even though Han. But basically, Han growing up in a shitty area, coming through a slum and all that stuff, he understands, I have to do this grimy shit just because I have to. But mm-hmm. I'm always going to stay. I will help. That establishes him when he helps Infus Nest take the the uh, refined crystals mm-hmm. and do a double cross on the scum. He's like, I'll help these guys, which, like I said, sets and establishes the precedent for him sticking around throughout star wars mm-hmm. yes absolutely like so it shows and he's like i am a bad i'm a criminal i'm i'm a smuggler but i know when someone's getting dogged out and and you know what i've been there so i'll help and, and that's why he came back exactly yes. yeah oh, i love the callbacks and i love how it's all making sense now mm-hmm. you know what i mean I, one of the things that i was really looking forward to is how they explain the uh the actual kessel run in parsec because everybody's like Oh, it's distance, not time. It's distant, not time. That was beautiful. I was like, that makes great sense. Mm-hmm. Everybody can calm the fuck down. And it now. is distance, right? It is distance. And, yeah. and he pretty much 
does the Kessel Run under under twelve because he takes a shortcut. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, which is a very Han thing to do. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I got it. It's fine. Yeah, we'll be great. We'll just go through uncharted territory where there's a lot of scary shit. Have a good feeling about it. Yeah. We'll be fine. That's Everybody's bad. like, Oh fuck, we're gonna die. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, I am gonna say this though. He did kind of, and people, if you at me, I, I'll try to respond. He kind of Captain Kirked it though when he pulled that. Uh, well, you yeah. say whatever you want, people will believe you. Oh, if I'm not mistaken, you're right. Did he say? Yeah, oh, I can say whatever the hell I want. People, what are they gonna say? Like, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I guess the what is that? The uh, ah shit, I'm bringing Star Trek in. That's uh, okay. What is that? The Kobayashi Maru, whatever. Oh, the, where he the, cheats the impossible yeah. test, and he just rewrote the program. And he's yeah. like, oh, well, yeah, I'm the yeah. only one to beat it. Yeah, well, okay, like that. Dude. What do you and then do about it? Yeah, yeah it, what the hell can you do? And it's like, kind of did that, but that was that just lets you know he's that's the coolness of him. That's exactly. him just saying. Ah, well, I did it. I took a shortcut, and you know what? What? You really? Really, guys? Like, yeah. Are you going to really do or say anything about this? And and no. the the problem people are having is the Kessel... Some people don't didn't like the Kessel Run at all. That's a big area where people are opposed to. The Kessel Run and then the solo name is, like I said before, the two spots where people are like, ah. Uh-uh. Oh, they're sore on, yeah. Yeah. You know what I did love, though? the When Chewie sat down in the co-pilot seat, and the look that Han gave Chewie... His face, Alden sold it as, this is my boy, and we're going to have some great adventures sitting in this cockpit. Just by that look. This is ride or die, homie. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Let me ask you this. Yeah. So you can, anybody can get online, go look up all the the Easter eggs if you miss some of them. But let's talk about what's your favorite one. Oh, cool. Yeah. There's, I actually have some, some down. There's tons of Easter eggs, by the way. I looked up an article, I think it was on. Has a comicbook.com or something that had five deep dive Star Wars references. And this, some of them was crazy. Like the Black Spires one, I had no idea about. And did you guys hear about this Black Spires thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's Galaxy's Edge. It's, it's Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. They're, they reference an area that's going to be in Galaxy's Edge already in this film. That's awesome. Which is rad. Yeah. And then they had the Terracossian and the Crystal Skull. But the Crystal Skull wasn't the one that everybody thinks it is. Right. Is is that the one that's in Drayden Voss's? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's everybody thinks it's from Indiana Jones, but it's not. It's different, yeah. Yeah, it's from a Han Solo book called Han Solo. Yeah, Han Solo Legacy. and the Last, the Lost Legacy. Legacy yeah, they d- directly took it from that. Han Solo but and the Last Crusade. Han Solo and the Last Crusade. <laughs> yeah, <that's>... yep, exactly. <laughs> what are some of the? Wait, what's your favorite one, bud? Oh man, that's hard. Um, I think probably the Imperial March being in the, oh, the propaganda video, propaganda, but it's in a major key. Awesome, man. Dude, that's so good. I, I love the my favorite one was not really an Easter egg, but was the the Carbonite one. I, oh I thought yeah, that was so cool. How about you, Dom? I, I, you already mentioned it, but the Terrascasi. I just, Dang, just you took a, mine. You took mine. Yeah, just such an obscure, obscure pole and fine. put it in, in front center. And that was one. Was one when we saw it with uh, with Ben at the Canadian premiere. Like I reacted to that like isn't this hilarious? And I like slapped him on the shoulder and he just gives me this look like, what, what, what am I missing? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have to explain this to him after the fact. That was one that, that, uh, Hazel. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. so ironic, man. Cause like I said, we were yeah, talking talk about, about video games and I'm like, anybody remember this bashes of Terrace Kasi? And everybody kind of had like a 
mixed reaction, like, yeah, okay. And then in the movie, and I'm like, ah! Like like I said, yeah, that was my favorite one, too. Well, how about the, how about the bounty hunters? The bo- Bosk being referred to? Uh-huh. And then Aurora mm-hmm. Singh, Beckett yeah. killed Aurora Singh. Yeah. yeah. That was very, Pretty very cool. cool. Dude, there's tons of, there's Indiana Jones stuff in there, too, I, I read. A bunch of indie stuff. Well, there, uh, there was the one with uh, Needles. When he oh, talks, the, the Back to the Future yeah, one? Yeah, the Back to the Future one where he says, I learned this from my buddy Needles, and he's talking about the guy, the asshole, in the end of the third one where he has the race and he chooses not to race him because if he does, he's going to hit the truck and his life is fucked up. And Flea, the guy in the truck, the, you know, the Red Hot Chili yeah, Peppers. Flea, yeah, Flea's the guy in the truck. He's, he's the guy in the truck. He's Needles. Yeah, that, I've heard about that one, but is, is that confirmed that that's what they were talking about? Ha- and I don't know. Needles in a, to, right? Yeah, that's the only needles I've heard of. Annie's in a car. Annie races. Yeah. It's got to be. It's, it's got to be, be yeah. it. Yeah. So that that's the one that like, oh, what is it? Uh, uh, Anthony Bresikin made that connection for me at the Steel Show. Oh wow! Blew my fucking mind. My face was like, oh my god, that's cool. Well, in in Vaz's, Dragon Vaz's uh, room, his collectible room, where mm-hmm. it's all, also Mandalore gear. Yeah, yeah, like ancient the, Mandalore armor. Inside yeah. of some of these cylinders, there's. The Indiana Jones relics. Really? Yeah. Allegedly, there's a Holy Grail in there. Oh, that's awesome. There's all kinds of different things they put in there. That's awesome. As a tribute <laughs> to Steven Spielberg and, of course, George Lucas. Yeah, of course, yeah. So what did you guys think of Lando recording his uh, video blog? <laughs> that, <laughs> is that going to be the name of the Lando movie, the Calrissian Chronicles? A Star Wars oh, story. Dude. Yeah. Are they? That, well, right that away, was, I'm like, that's it? That's the name of the movie. They just basically put out if they're they may not have to put it on like, you know, Media Blast or whatever and, and put it out there just, you know, like a wide press release, but I think he had already plugged his movie. <laughs> yeah, that would be, be a cool his, name his for a movie. movie. Well, we haven't we talked to er- about everybody and everything except for Lando. What'd you guys think of Lando? It was awesome. It was, yeah, great. It was great. I thought Donald Glover did a great job. Like when when I first saw it, I thought he kind of veered a little bit too much into doing a Billy D impression at times. But then I sort of realized the times when he's doing that are when, or when he's doing that the most are when the Falcon's been impounded and he's doing the, you know, I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but I accept <laughs> it. It's sort of like, right. oh, he's kind of putting on a character here just in the movie. Like he's sort of overplaying himself just in general. And so I, I, I it it is it didn't bother me as much sort of on this it, not that it bothered me much at all in the beginning um but I, I, it sort of it made sense to me in the second go around and and yeah i just thought he's he's so good he's so funny those card scenes are probably my favorite parts of the movie besides the kessel run um they're just so well done and the banter between han and lando is it's so good and i i love the after the card game, after he's cheated and he goes to call out to Han, he says, Yoo-hoo! Yeah. <laughs> so good. And then he refers to to Han and Chewie as Harry and the boy. And then, um, you know, says to Han, something like, you know, quiet now. The grown-ups are talking. Yeah. There's also, I hate you, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was very cool. Yeah, he's so like wonderfully um, dismissive of Han throughout the entire thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's just so good. He, he, as expected, Donald Glover just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I mean everybody expected him to be great, and he just he was that. He was great, and that's why a lot of I think a lot of people aren't talking about Lando as much. I know in the previews everybody talked about Lando, 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 Lando. I think he just he just exceeded 
and mm-hmm. expectations, and everybody just figured that he's going to be great, and he was great. And he was Lando was Lando. Yeah, Calrissian Chronicles, a Star Wars story. Get on it, Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think about Erica a, a standalone after you watch this a standalone Lando movie that you're going to have a little Alden and a little Chewy, even a little Boba Fett? Well, I think that'd be a great way to go because you can keep expanding the story in different directions without relying too much on the one character to carry it from stem to stern. And, you know, it gives you a chance to sort of dust over any parts that you don't want to dwell on or, man, this kind of didn't work out over here in this movie the way we thought it would. The payoff wasn't there. Well, we don't have to dwell on it because now we're going over here. So I think it's a cool way to sort of tell a string of of time without having to be trapped in a track. Yeah. I agree. What about L3, guys? We haven't talked about L3 and how great she was. And now we know that L3 is a part of every movie that the Falcon's been in. Mm -hmm. That is a really clever way. There's something kind of dark about that, too, though. It it sure is. She was was trying to liberate everything. Now she's stuck in a machine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There's something kind of dark and twisted about that. But it it was a cool – it was a cool sort of – connection to make to the rest of the the saga and just just a great character just you know phoebe waller bridge is so funny to begin oh, with that yeah. um yeah i love it when she's arguing with clint howard at the beginning oh, yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. <pretty> great <laughs> yeah. and uh looks like lando and uh, her got it on at one point right it, it it's it's not said it's but it's big, very it's heavily implied it works yeah it was that like droid vr sex Oh, I didn't even think about that. It's like it's like the holiday special. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man, I have to go wash my ears. <laughs> <laughs> that VR thing is interesting. People are saying, "How would that possibly work?" I guess it could work for in a VR type of way. Yeah, they could do the whole thing like in uh, Demolition Man, where they don't actually yes, exactly. touch each other, but they get like the. I'm thinking the, more like Lawnmower the, Man. The, Oh, 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 God. Lawnmower Man reference on the city. Uh, man. Eric, what'd you think about that? You think he's getting a handy from L3 or what? Man, that's tough. I wonder yeah, no if shit. it would be tough. Yeah, Eric, that would be I, really I don't nice. uh, You know what? I mean, it would Stop hurt. It. She'd have to work. Circuitry getting. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, you can't get things wet. Rain it in. Rain it Rain in. Rain it in. I'm sorry. I feel like their connection was more emotional than physical sexual but you can call it what you will man it's maybe maybe they did maybe they didn't the only part that really matters out of all of that is how it impacted him emotionally when she oh, was played that kill so well. you guys notice i just put this popped in my head and this might be a total coincidence but the last scene where han comes in to a pretty much cancun of the galaxy yeah oh by the way scarif was mentioned in this film Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. very cool. But that scene, didn't Han's outfit look like McCurry's old school poster of Star Wars with Luke wearing all black? Oh. You know which one I'm talking about? The one that he's kind of copied it for, uh-huh. for Last Jedi. When he's holding a lightsaber, it's very McCurry style. I don't know if it was a poster or it was, it was the initial concept art where Luke's wearing all black. And it looked like to me Han was wearing all black. You, Dom, you've seen it way more times than I have. Yeah. Did you get that sense at all or no? Am I just? I, 
there's something about his his costume that did sort of strike me as a bit familiar, but I I couldn't place it. So I it, it may very well be that. Okay, but it is it, it is different, and and it looks good on him. It looks mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I, and I good. I just I love that scene. I, I love the way it it uh, echoes Empire, it mirrors Empire, yes. and just. When he steals the card <laughs> and when he's looking for it, uh, it's so well done. And he even throws in the line fair and square. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Good. It's oh, good. It's so good. What else, Eric? What else we got? Well, it, that's pretty much it, man. But let me ask you this, just based on that scene right there. So with the whole fair and square thing and they take off and then when Han and Lando meet back up in Empire, and he got a lot of guts, the stunt you pulled. Hey, I, you know, and the whole thing about a ship and I wonder from you fair and square. Do you think that that sets up the notion that they didn't see each other again between then and an empire? Oh, that would suck badly for us yeah. if that's the case, but I don't think so. That, I think something else can happen. That was, that's one of those sort of things where it's kind of left. I think it's left intentionally vague. So if they ever want to tell that story, Say, yeah, well, what? no, no, it's a different thing he's talking about in Empire. It's the thing that happens in this movie. But if they don't, then it works as is. So, you know, I, I've sort of gone back and forth on it. It's hard to really tell from Empire the way Harrison and Billy D play those scenes. It's kind of, are they like old friends, like they were longtime friends? Or do they just kind of sort of know each other um, and they have a bit of a history, but not a lot? So my interpretation of Empire has always leaned more towards they were longtime friends and then something happened. But right. if they never get around to telling those stories, I'm perfectly okay with and, this and, being yeah. the thing. Yeah, and it still works. I'm of the mind that they have they would have seen each other constantly cross paths and you know, it would always come up, You're gonna give me my shit back? And it's like, no nah, man, it's mine, fair and square. And just walk yeah. away or you know, there's some other chance where you know, they're doing some job or something, and Lando jumps in the in the cockpit and is about to take off, and Han pops up. He's like, where are you going? You know, this is my ship. You know, like, <laughs> just one of those, like, you almost had it there, buddy, but no, like those Ooh. things where it's almost a cat and mouse kind of thing. I'd much rather mm-hmm. think that that's the case. And that... Know, very well could be the case. And then at, as far as Empire goes, that betrayal was a necessary evil. Yeah. Where Lando's like, I had to do this. You know, don't worry, I'll find a way to help you out. Yeah, after Chewie chokes him out. He puts his life on the line later to make oh, yeah, it right yeah, yeah. in a sense, right. if he you think right. about it. So, yeah, I just think that their their animosity, it's more like a friend, friendly rivalry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's any hatred involved in, in it. It's those just, two guys were responsible for blowing up the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just one of those things of, okay, look, you get the better of me this time, I get the better of you. It's always going to be a game mm-hmm. of one-upsmanship. See, see, but the thing with that is when uh, when Han sees Lando again, he's nervous. He's like, oh, shit, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know if he's going to welcome me or tell me to get the fuck out. So what I'm thinking is that there should be one more instance of uh, maybe not like because when he takes the ship, he's happy to see him. And he's like, I took it from you. Gotcha. You know, I, I, I cheated a cheater kind of thing. And he fakes out. He fakes out Lando the same exact way. Lando fakes him out. By exactly. The way. Yeah. So so when they so when we see them last, when you know when he takes the actual ship, he's he's you know smiling. He's had a shit eating grin. The next time we see him, he's like, oh fuck, I don't know how this is gonna go. He could very well you know arrest me, put me in jail, and fuck up everything. You know. So so that's that's an interesting change 
of what could be in between. I'd love to see the in between story. I'm not sure if it'll be a bunch of back and forth, ha 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 ha. You know, you could give me the ship well, or anything. And like that, that could entail some real shady shit. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. I, I would love to see. In order for Han to get away with the Falcon, it's like, I'm sorry, I got to lock you up. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I had to call the magistrate on you guys. Yeah. You, you, that kind of thing. Well, this could go all back to what Dom said. He could, Lando can double cross, or Han can double cross Lando somehow in the next one. Or, or, or leave him in a really shitty situation where he's on his own. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then redeem himself in some way by rescuing him. Yeah. yeah it just could go on and on and mm-hmm. it's just capers, you know, and then by the time we get to see them in Empire, that, that's just them. It's just a mutual, just a mutual, I guess, I don't want to say respect. I, I really don't know what the word would be. Yeah. I think they're, they become good friends for a mm-hmm. while and then there's the disconnect and they don't see each other until Cloud City. But yeah. you made a reference of mining facilities that he does, he hates them. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> They're the worst. They're the worst. Yeah. It, one of the cool things I think about that, like Dom said, is you could interpret it really any of several ways that's of how they see each other in Empire. You, you can explain it regardless of what they do next. All they have to do is make sure that it's explainable by what you see happen in that movie. Because, I mean, I'll just give you an example. Like there's always the, People that complain about, and I and I mean, believe me, I get it. That Obi Wan's line in uh, the original Star Wars, A New Hope, don't seem to remember ever owning a droid. And then you see in the prequels all this stuff. Well, if you watch it from Episode One forward, and you want to analyze Alec Guinness's face, the faces he makes when R two D two is there in front of him in his hut. You could very easily interpret that as, you little round-headed bastard, what have you told him? Mm-hmm. You know you weren't supposed to do it. <laughs> Watch that yeah. scene for, with that frame of mind. Well, yeah, I think... You round-headed little bastard. Yeah, well, I think, just not to open this can of worms, but Eric did it, so blame him. I will. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, you look at Guinness's performance in those scenes, and, you know, if you throw out everything you know about the prequels, the way he plays those scenes is... Whether he recognizes R2-D2 or not, what he recognizes is that whatever this droid is carrying is a bad omen. And he recognizes that something is afoot. Something is about to happen and he's going to have to get involved. And making it R2, making it a droid he recognizes just sort of enhances that, in my opinion. It makes it even clearer that he realizes, oh, something's something's going on here and it's just sort of playing into the regardless of whether you count the prequels or not when you're looking at Guinness's performance no matter what him saying I don't recall owning a droid is just sort of him putting off having to actually see what the droid says just sort of you know just you know sort of saying we'll we'll deal with that in a second Luke we'll we'll get there He's, he's still in kind of Ben Kenobi mode. Sure. And he's not about to switch to Obi-Wan just yet. Yeah. What what has this story told you? Has his memory yeah. been wiped? Where are we where are we starting right now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you want to do it that way, the Clone Wars really makes that scene difficult because multiple times Anakin goes back for him. Or at least I I know one of the storylines, he goes back for him and he risks the entire his entire life because of R2. Yeah. So and I know Kenobi was against that, so they 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 argued about that. So yeah, all right. Is it we're we're good with the uh, the uh, the review here? Yeah, man, I think so. All right, so we got some 
couple of emails that I wanted to read, and I know we're not going to get to all of them, and some voicemails. We'll do that next week as well. So I wanted to read one from Mr. King Tom, of all people, because he is the man, and he is the king of all Toms, and he sent us this email. He's ill, by the way. I hope you feel better. King Tommy was going to leave a voicemail, but his throat hurt and he couldn't talk. So we really appreciate you even sending us anything right now. So thank you, King Tom. Hey there, Sith listeners. So I loved Solo. It wasn't perfect, but it was damned fun swashbuckling adventure. But I want to ask you, if you were Kathleen Kennedy, disregarding Solo's box office performance, what would be the next spinoff you release after episode nine? We have the unannounced Obi-Wan movie, the unconfirmed Boba Fett movie, and the unsurpassed Donald Glover and Alden Enright signed for a few more years movies. So what do you release? Personally, I like something set in an era other than between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, so that leaves only a Boba Fett film set after Return of the Jedi. But at the same time, as Eric likes to say, Disney, they like to make money, and making a movie centered around one of the currently hottest actors around right now would help bring in the bucks. So I'm guessing they'll do a Lando sequel to Solo. What do you guys think? Thanks for the great podcast, and I'll talk to you later. Your pal, King Tom. You want to take this one, Les? Solo 2, The Calrissian Chronicles. That's right. Solo 2. Les already talked about it. Solo 2, Calrissian Chronicles. That's it. It's going to be. It will be The Calrissian Chronicles. It has to be. (laughs) He plugged it. That was. You can't get more uncanny than that. You just. even, Even if they don't. It's still there. That means that can happen five years from now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's in the air. It's a plot thread that can have real uh, repercussions and have a, a and actually it become an existing thing. Yeah. So mine, mine would have to be the Obi Wan movie. I, w- I would love to see that. It'd be a great story, and, and hopefully they do it where, um, you know, he he finds a, a fallen Jedi on Tatooine, who's gone nuts and who's it hasn't gone to the dark side, but has lost his way, you know, and, and, and it has to once again ignite his lightsaber and, you know, you know be the Jedi master that he is for yeah. somebody and, you know, that kind of thing. And, 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 and have the, the struggle of fighting one of his own who he knows is that there are very few left and, you know, that, that, that inner monologue of what's going on and that kind of thing. I would love that. I like what Dom said earlier, that kind of situation for a Boba Fett film. Mm. And maybe there can be an appearance by Obi-Wan without seeing Han in it. And he's the one that kind of takes over and battles Maul a little bit. And that sets up the Obi-Wan film. Mm. I don't know. as a stretch. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Donald Glover is such a big deal right now. Why wouldn't they go with him? You know, but they are confirming these things and releasing these things out there. And then, as far as the hashtag goes, Donald Glover could write and direct this movie. Oh, God, that would be badass. That just marks all the boxes. That would be interesting. Yeah, you're right. That's right. As Star Wars representation matters, you'll mark all the boxes right there, guys. So it may mark a few. I won't say all because there's plenty of representation out there, but it will mark. Quite a few boxes. It'll knock a few boxes yeah. right on off. Yeah. Some bullet points will be hit. And, and it makes sense. Get, get, the guy's proven. You know, maybe not even that. Maybe he, maybe Donald Glover can write the movie and his collaborator, Hiro Mirai, who he works with on Atlanta. A and great director. Who's directed other, who has great range, could finally get a chance to jump in there. And it marks off, checks off even more boxes. He directed This Is America, by the way. 
yes. video. So, yeah, it, the opportunity is there, especially like you said, if they don't care about box office numbers and they go, look, we can put this movie out, rake in, you know, $250 million, $300 million over the over its run. We got other blockbusters coming down the way that will make our billions for us. It, you know, that would make sense. The Obi-Wan thing for sure. You could go in so many different directions, but as far as my take, yeah, you have to you have to find a way to just round this rein this guy in or, or wrangle him, headhunt him, whatever you have to do, get Donald Glover sitting sitting at the table making decisions as a, a part of the Star Wars machine. Word. I agree. Thank you, King Tom. Mm-hmm. And finally, we have an email by John Wim, the Wim. <laughs> He's back at it. Hope you, hopefully, you're doing great, Wim. Hopefully, you are uh, getting healthier and healthier. And thank you for sending this email. He says, hey, guys, I wanted to chime in with my usual dribble, Saw Solo, and being a Star Wars whore. <laughs> I've gone multiple times already. Bless your heart. The main focus is not to have Alden imitate Harrison Ford, but to try to become the character. He just doesn't feel like Han Solo to me. I think in my mind, an actor doing an impression of Harrison Ford is more to my liking. That's interesting because that's opposite of me, Wim. I got more of a feel of Han Solo watching Ansel Elgort in Baby Driver than I did Alden Enreich. You know, when I saw Baby Driver, they even put him in a vest like that. He looked a role. And I think it was down to those two guys. So you got a point? You might have a point there. It's what's making me not love the movie. I get the feels of Donald Glover playing Lando, but not on Han Solo. What say you guys? Am I alone in this thinking? Yes, you are, Glenn. But that's okay. We can think that. Deadpool 2, I like this movie, but not more than the first one. And to circle back to Infinity War, I enjoyed the movie, but I felt the same way as Raj. Thank you. There's somebody finally that agrees with me. Wrong. It, those characters are not dead. Do you really try to sell me that the entire Guardians of the Galaxy crew was wiped away? I call bullshit. And Gotham, fuck you guys. Oh, wait. It does suck. My bad. Expa- <laughs> Expanse yet? Anyone? Oh, I really want to get Bueller? into that. Bueller? <laughs> question mark. And that was from the whim. Thanks, whim. So I disagree with you with Alden. I thought he killed it. I can see what you're saying about Ansel. I like Deadpool 2 almost as much as I like Deadpool 1. And um, I so happy that you agree with me about Infinity War. I want to start watching The Expanse. I really do. I have been watching Krypton, Wim. Yeah. I will tell you that much. Krypton. I've been watching it. It's pretty damn awesome. I have not watched awesome. it, but I've heard great things. Mm-hmm. Pretty damn awesome. Uh, I, I, I'm with the Raj on this. Sorry, but we always clash. And you know what? I'm glad you say Gotham sucks. Thank <laughs> you. We agree on that one for sure. Uh, I, I do think... Aaron Reich did pull it off. He he became Han Solo. He dressed the part. Obviously, he he rocked it. It, it just it it was who he he is who he is. And you know what? Enzo Elgort could have probably done it too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, but that's bridge under the water. Yep, or water under the bridge. Oh, either one. Boom, boom. I think we're gonna end it out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you, Wim. Appreciate it, buddy. Still uh, stay healthy, my man, and uh, keep fighting the good fight. All right. Let's switch gears real quick. What do you guys think about Mangold, though, taking over Boba Fett film? I think you can't get a better guy to take on an anti-hero character. I think, it, well, it, it, it can't be. He's not an anti-hero. 
he's he's kind of like I guess you would say Venom, where it's a bad guy. You know, he's a bad guy, but he's not the worst bad guy, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he he's not murdering children and 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 women that kind of thing. You know, he he right. hunts down people for a living, dead or alive, kind of thing. But he still has rules, and he still has somewhat of a code kind of thing. So the kid do do the, do the bounty hunters in the star Wars universe, are they bounty hunters on the side of the righteous law or are they, they don't give a fuck or they're just mercenaries where yeah, mercenaries. Yeah. Yeah. Was it guns for hire? They're like Blackwater. Yep. Dom, what'd you think about the, if this is true, if the Hollywood reporter has their shit together, uh, Mangold being the director of this thing, yeah, I, I think he'll, he'll make a good movie. I, you know, I think he's, you've got somebody there who's a talented filmmaker and we've seen that in his previous work. Obviously the one that's sort of most known in our circles, at least is Logan. And I mean, it's hard to watch that movie and, and come up with a lot, a lot of bad things to say about it because it's right. really, really good. So I, I think giving him a character like Boba Fett and especially if that's the character he wants to write. Uh, and direct, then I think we're, we're in for a real treat. I, I hope they recast Boba. I, I don't think Daniel Logan has what it takes to carry a movie like this. Um, but, uh, obviously if they cast, they have to cast route, right? They have to cast a, a Mao reactor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, you know, I, I, I think it could be good. I, after seeing Solo, I'm, I'm far more open and excited about the possibilities of standalone character movies and, yeah, why not? Let's see what what they can do with a Boba Fett movie. I think it could be really good. And release especially, it. If, they, especially if they use my idea from earlier. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And release it during Christmas time. I think if if you're going to have an opportunity to make it a good movie, that's a good way to go. Yep. Anything else uh, Star Wars wise that we're missing other than Solo and Boba? Is that it? Is that, is that it? Yeah. I feel like I'm missing something, but I can't. I can't think of what it would be. Dom, come on, man. You you know what? Is, uh, what are we skipping? No, I mean the only other stuff this week has been the Galaxy's Edge stuff, but yeah. we kind of already talked about the one big thing, which was the Black Spire, Black Spire. connection to Solo. I mean, my, I I find all of the Galaxy's Edge stuff weird because to me it's like they're promoting it like it's a movie, but <laughs> yeah. it's not. Uh, and so I don't know how to get excited for it because unlike some of you, I don't live down the street from it. I know. Sorry. Same, (laughs) same, same. Uh, I'm uh, sort of like, it sounds like pictures, guys. I I, I have a question. Um, (laughs) Does Infus Nest have a bigger presence throughout? Shit, we didn't talk about Infus Nest. You know what I mean? Do they have a bigger presence throughout the galaxy? Or is this just. I think she's the part of the the rebellion, the the initial startup of the rebellion, where Mm -hmm. you have these different little groups. That's that pretty much spring this thing and, and get it going. You okay, I mean? yeah. So they're they're part of the foundation. Yeah, and okay. I think that what they're doing and, and and what they're collecting is is helping Bail Organa, and that's what Jason was saying. That mm. yeah, this might have a direct connection to Bail Organa, and Bail Organa is pretty much the spearhead of the rebellion. And bam, I I loved her. I loved the by the way, I loved the score and I loved her theme. Yeah. That was oh, great. The, the first of all, the costumes. Oh, badass. Were ridiculous. Oh, and two tubes was there. Yep. Two yeah. tubes was there. One of them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of them, which was very cool. All right. I think we did it. 
an hour and 40 minute review of Solo. Very nice. We all loved it. Mm -hmm. Eric hated it. It's okay. <laughs> I did not hate oh, it. Oh, whatever. You can't even see right now. We all we all know that in Eric's book, a seven is basically an F. It's yes. a yeah, he has such high standards, this guy. So it's 7.25. He gave though. Godfather 2 a three. It's, it's an F plus. <laughs> an F plus. But sorry. I gave Godfather 3 a two. That says a lot about you. <laughs> that says a lot about you. Eric, it sucks that we didn't meet each other because we probably would have fought. <laughs> Right in the middle of the street. Yeah, in I would yeah. say that the only person that w would need to be concerned about that would be you. Oh, oh yeah, I know. Trust me, I don't want to have people see me pull hair. <laughs> that kind of guy, but I would. Oh, it, it would be like it would be like Han and Chewie. Uh, or Raj would just take <laughs> a big bite beast. out of Eric's hair. All right. On that note. Dom, tell everybody where they can find you and hear your great podcast. One of the first podcasts that I ever listened to, Star Wars-wise, by the way, people. There were there was Thanks. three podcasts that I ever listened to. The very first one was The Underworld. Second one was Now This Is Podcasting. And now this podcasting got me to that crazy dude named Johnny Grosso. And then I started <laughs> listening to Rogue One. So if it wasn't for those three podcasts, we wouldn't even have a podcast here today because that started it all. That mm -hmm. was the spark that lit the fire. That is the Sith list. That is the Sith list. So, Dom, nice. thank you. Oh, thank you. That's really cool to hear. That's really cool to hear. That's yeah. that's that's really. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad you liked the show, and I'm glad it. It's really nice to hear that it it um, you know, played a small part in uh, the creation of this show. That's really that's really fun. Um, yeah, yeah. So you can catch uh, Star Wars Underworld, uh, Star Wars Underworld doc at StarWarsUnderworld.com. Um, we have new episodes. Uh, we record them live on Thursday night, so if you want to join in our, our little chat room, you can do so uh, over at Mixler. Um, that's MixLR.com. Just search for channel 1138 over there. Uh, you can join the live show or you can download them uh, on Fridays from iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and yeah, we'll be breaking down solo really in depth over the next couple of months. Uh, we've already got our, our reaction show up from opening night. Uh, it's about as long as this show and, uh, yeah, we cover a, a ton of ground in there and it was loads and loads of fun to record. So I hope, uh, everybody enjoys listening to it as much as we enjoyed, uh, recording it. And yeah, you can follow us on social media at V S W U and you can follow me at Dominic J 25. That's right. Follow, follow and listen, people. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. Eric Struthers, where can people find you other than this podcast? You can find me weekly on The Bad Motivators, a malfunctioning Star Wars podcast. And also, you can find me on the Steel Wars podcast feed doing episodes called Strathers Wars. They're pretty dope, man. So check it out. Hey, Dom, have you been on Strathers Wars? I haven't. I've been on Steel Wars, but I haven't been on Strathers yeah, Wars. Yeah, I've been on Steel Wars, too. I have not done... Struthers Wars. It's very odd. Maybe me and Dom can do a combo, Eric, one day. Yeah. That'd be it's cool. weird. We could do it without him. <laughs> the simplest of directions on how to get on the show are in every episode. Once you fulfill the criteria set forth as dictated by me at the tail end of every episode of Struthers Wars since episode one, then we can talk. Now, can I pick the episode that Dom was on? And Dom, can he pick the one that I was on? And we can just talk about that. 
Yeah. Here's yeah. the deal, though, man. If anybody picked the episode that you were on as one of their favorites, they would know it was a scam. <laughs> it was a scam. <laughs> Swindler. Wow, you're just, taking, you're just taking shots at me, bro. All right. I am being pretty mean. I'm sorry. I think you're great, Araj. Dom, tell them how great it was when we all hung out together. It was pretty great. It, it was, was pretty great. Amazing. That, that was like, that was much like what we did at New York Comic Con. Yeah, and that's what we're going to do again for New York Comic Con. Yeah, you got to try to make the trek, buddy. I just can't justify spending like at this point 500 bucks. That it would be too much. I just can't justify it. Okay, so 500 bucks would be too much. How about if you find a flight for like 350 bucks? 499. No, 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 no. Let's just say, <laughs> say 350. Could you justify hey, Eric, I found, I found the perfect flight. How much is it? $497. Yeah. <laughs> and 45 cents. And 50 cents. Now, how about if you find um, one for 350? Maybe. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to start looking for my flights. I'm going to look for your flights too. What if you took the bus? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh. New York just... Comic Con is going to be a great time. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming to town. That means this play, we're going to have some fun. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go bar Wait a hopping. Minute. So hanging out at New York Comic Con was much like how it was at New York Comic Con. No, 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 no. no, no, no. But Araj, Araj wasn't there for Comic Con. <laughs> yeah. So when I was there to visit New York and visit all these wonderful people, oh, we had a okay, great meetup. Remember, we had a great meetup. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'll, I'll try to. I really will. Liar. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna yeah. to start, start looking for yeah. you. You should at least, you know what you should do? At least apply for the press pass. Dom, yeah. did you already apply for the press pass? No, I'm going to do that this week. But uh, yeah, okay, cool. You, I'm going to work on your flights. You work on kind of like massaging and massaging your wife. You work on uh, with the mustard, you know, putting it out there. Yeah. With the mustard and, and say, hey, I might be going to comic con because uh, I might get a free ride and see what she says. Just throw it out there, Eric. You got a while. It's October. It's my birthday. Dude. <laughs> dude my birthday's in October too. Exactly. Hey, hey dude. Uh, uh, uh. Can you imagine the hair and Aladdin in one spot? It'd be admittedly be pretty sweet, man. It, it would, really would. It would be pretty but, sweet. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping I, I kind of didn't get an exit poll to see if, if meeting Strathers in real life lived up to the hype with everybody in that <laughs> <laughs> Steel's show. I, Looks like I, you got uh, an exit poll in your eyes. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't hear what he said. That was <laughs> good. I said, uh, that was good. Thank you. you. I said, it looks like you got an exit poll in your eyes. <sighs> Dude. That's actually pretty funny. That's what I thought. I was like, that's pretty good. That's I've been recording this this entire time, by the way. No, that's pretty Yeah, I have. I have. I re-recorded. Dude. Right when Strother started talking about the financial thing, I started recording because this is gold. This is podcast gold. This so is, I'm, I'm, I'll make it. People that are listening, this wasn't supposed to be on the podcast, so but I'm putting it on there. That hurts, man. That hurts. That's, that's, I'm sure it did. Look at, just look yourself in the mirror. I'm sure it did hurt. All right. Uh, I can't see myself in the mirror. Oh, that's a good thing, Eric. That's a, yeah. <laughs> I know. Hey, Les, Boo, I had a great time hanging out with you guys. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome seeing you show this. You're going to get 24-7 of this in New York. That was yeah. pretty f- freaking cool. That's going to be great. All right, Eric. Take All right, dudes. Yeah, I got to go. Yeah, go put some drops in your eyes. Come oh, on. Oh, man. No, hey, drops, Dom, it was, drops. Dom, it was great talking to you, man. Uh, it's great to talk to you, Eric. I miss, I miss <laughs> talking to you. So, yeah. anyway, um, yeah, so... I'll talk to you guys later. Strive yeah, right. out. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Dom. You're the man. Have a good night, guys. Thank you so good much. Night. Bye, guys. But other than that, there is um, just one more thing I want to say.
I'm a pilot. I'm oh, a flyer. I'm 190 years old. You look great. <laughs> oh, shit, you have been. How's that one? That was good. That's one I've been. Working you have on. been practicing, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, totally Oh my god. 190 years old. You look great. You look. <laughs> All right, guys, we will catch you next week on episode number 96 of The Sith List.
words of the prophets were written on the stone of your wall.